2: I have a lot of frameworks for coaching and stuff like that, but this one framework is called Love It or Leave It. And this idea of working in the areas that you truly love to do. And I can say I'm happy to be working in my love it zone. I live this sort of stuff, all of my tools, all the different things. I mean, I'm a business owner, so I try them myself. When I look at this idea of turning your frustrations to freedoms, what I want to do is be having these conversations with guys like you, Tyler, so that we can help other entrepreneurs grow and do well and all this, like that gives me energy and excitement.
0: Welcome back to
1: another episode of the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. I'm your host, my name is Tyler Martin. I created this show because I want every business owner to discover the freedom and wealth that comes from effectively scaling your business. In every episode, my guests share their successes and failures from growing and scaling their own business. My goal is for you to be inspired, educated, and on fire to grow and scale your business with less effort and more fun. I'm excited to introduce today's guest. His name is Pete Moore. Pete is an entrepreneurial coach and a podcast host. He is the owner of Simplifying Entrepreneurship, a company that helps entrepreneurs become more successful. His coaching program is focused on giving entrepreneurs the necessary tools, workshops, and knowledge to succeed. Pete has been a business owner his entire life. He believes that lifelong learning is the ultimate key to success. In this episode, we talk about why entrepreneurs need to embrace failure to get ahead in life, the importance of implementing systems and processes, what is the 5P framework and how can it help you deliver your business promise and how to clarify and accomplish your goals. In this episode, Pete freely shares tips and secrets to successfully growing and scaling your business. Let's start our chat with Pete. Hey, Pete, thanks so much for being on the Think Business with
2: Tyler podcast show. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome, man. Great to be here. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. I've kind of stalked you for the last few weeks and learned a little bit about you. <laughs> so I've got a lot of questions uh, in my brain ready to come out. Uh, before I do that, though, I'd love to talk about what do you do? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Sure. Uh, I'm a father of three You know, men in their 20s. They're not kids anymore. Uh, they're all in their 20s. Uh, I've been married for... Twenty-seven years. I won't give you the whole history, but been a lifelong entrepreneur. I just love business. That's why we're having this chat. Everything about what I what I do these days is all surrounding uh, talking about business. Whether they're my own businesses or the people that I coach through simplifying entrepreneurship. I currently own a couple shoe stores uh, called Shoetopia here in Ontario, Canada, and spend you know probably. 80% of my time uh, working, simplifying entrepreneurship, and 20% of my time, let's say, working on the shoe store side of things these days.
1: Yeah. I love that name, Shootopia.
2: Thanks. Yeah.
1: Let's start there because I think there's some great stories there. I know we've talked a little bit about you've had some legacy processes and you've had to really deal with some challenges. Can we get into that and some of the challenges you faced and how you overcame them? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Maybe just start from the beginning. Like where did you go in terms of, you know, what what some challenges you saw in your business and then you started to deal with them?
2: Well, just with regards to Shootopia. So I took over Shootopia in 2010. It was an existing business. So I can't take credit for that great name. But it it is a great name. I like it too. Uh, and, and it's certainly one of the things like, wow, that is a cool name when I'm thinking about buying the business, you know. So we bought this one business, good operating store. People were retiring, and you know, it it uh, it just equated. And I was a business broker. I was helping people buy and sell businesses at the time. And what happened was I pitched it to another gentleman, and we were living five hours away at the time, and he said, uh, great business but he goes there's no way I can get my wife and family to move to some little hick town in in uh, southwestern Ontario like we're we're city people right. and I'm like you know what I'm a small town person. I like small town. And at the time I lived in small town and worked in the city and I was commuting and, and it's like, this works for us. This, this aligns. So we bought the business and and uh, you know it's still going today, still doing really well, That that one store. We bought another store, which was suffering and needed to be moved. And so at that time, we took over that store, ran it where it was for a year or so, and then we moved it. And we've since closed it because it was, let's call it a learning lesson, but that's (laughs) one of the, one of the frustrations and, and sort of, um, Big hiccups in my career, and we opened another one too. At the same time, we had that second store, and in another small town, and that store is doing awesome. I'd have twenty of them. Uh, just a really good store, really good choice, really good location. So now we're down to two stores, not three. And you know, like there's a whole process we can talk about that. Yeah, all those yeah. different things. But but basically, I'll, I'll use that one store as a learning lesson because it caused a lot of problems along the way. Uh, but that was three years ago now. And, and I can tell you three years later, we're doing fantastic. Even though we've had COVID and we were closed for four months and all this other stuff, we had one of our uh really, you know, a really strong eight months that we were open in 2021. Wow. So yeah, let's go into that third store
1: that ultimately you decided, hey, this doesn't have the right variables. I'm going to shut it down. And I'm going to also make an assumption here. You, you leveraged off your learning probably from that store that didn't make it into the store that you opened. Is that a fair assumption in terms of what you learned from it?
2: Both store number two and three were kind of around the same time. Okay. We bought one store one year. We opened the third store the next year and we didn't close that other store for three years after that. So, you know, it kind of, they were kind of not really in conjunction as far as like, I didn't have the learnings to, to, you know, but ultimately, you know, there was, there was a lot of learnings that we took over there. I mean, I really thought the store, so... Two of our stores are small town. One of them was in a bigger uh, urban center. And the one that was in the bigger urban center is the one that failed.
1: Interesting.
2: Yeah. And the small town ones were the ones that are still vibrant and doing really well today. And from that perspective, what were my main learnings as I look back at the whole package? The whole package is we're not big city type retailers. We're... Independent retailers, indie retailers, as they call it, it's sort of in the in the business. We're small town. We understand small town attitude. We treat people like their family. You know, we we're working with them. They're our friends. They're, you know, they, they have a different expectation when they walk in. They have more time. They want to be served. I mean, all this different stuff around how we, you know, I mean, I have a model. It's called the heart of Shootopia. But a lot of that, it's all around this heart that we have are sort of our processes and our systems around that. But one of them is treat them like family. Right. We want our customers to be treated like family when they come in. Well, in the bigger city, all they cared about was getting in, getting their stuff and taking off. And what's the best price? And do you have it? If you don't have it, see you later. Like there was no sort of community, no sort of connection, no sort of. And, you know, it just didn't fit our, the way we. Ran our business. So there was a lot of different learnings around that, Tyler, that whole uh, learning situation. But truly, it was that store was a failure. And you know what? Uh, in entrepreneurship, when you're an entrepreneurship and you're a business owner, you are going to have certain things that fail. Right. And that was a big one because when you're tying yourself into a five-year lease and you know after year one that it's going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars to to keep this thing rolling for five more years. You know, we ended up closing after three and bought out the lease and there was all sorts of different things, which was a learning thing in itself on me structuring other leases and me looking at different things. And, you know, like, I mean, there was a ton of learnings there, but at a high cost. Right. That's where I was kind of going with my original
1: questioning is that, you know, your failures, at least this is true for me, That tends to be some of your best learning experiences, as much as it's humbling and it's painful going through it. Like you said, you know, you had to make this decision hey, I've got this $100,000 a year investment now or cost. Uh, how? When do I cut it off? When do I stop the pain if I don't see upside? You had mentioned you really improved your process at one, some point and got rid of some legacy type issues and and processes going on. Can you kind of take us through what you did and how you modernized or how you identified those processes issues issues and what you did?
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, Tyler, process is such a big thing, and yeah. you know, it's one of my key pillars to what I coach to. You know, in turning entrepreneurial frustrations into freedoms and. One of my coaches along the way, and this is another word for process, it's system. And I like this acronym. And the acronym for the word system is saves you stress, time, energy, and money. So what does a system do? It saves you stress, time, energy, and money. And when we can do that, when we have the right systems, when we have the right processes in place, boy, does that actually make things true right? We're always trying to perfect our processes, but there are no perfect processes in most cases, right? We're always trying to make it that little bit better so that it's reducing our frustration. It's being a little more auto-magical, let's call it. So for the rest of our teams, for ourselves, for everybody around us, that decisions can be made then at the lowest possible level of the organization in every possible decision. That's what systematizing and using processes can do for you is that when they're really honed and really done well, in fact, your customer gets their promise delivered to them at the lowest level, which is exactly what they want. They want quick service. They want a quick answer so they can make a decision even easier. And that's the way you set up processes. Because if your team doesn't know how to answer their question and they have to go around and ask things and blah, 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 it creates confusion for your team member. It creates confusion for the customer. And now the experience is suffering and you know some of these other things. So my philosophy around process, no matter whether it's an operational process, a sales, a marketing, a human resources process, it should always be made in full communication and understanding at the lowest possible level of the organization.
1: Right. So kind of take me back though. Give me some meat here. Like what did you do actually within Shootopia that you implemented processes? Like what were legacy processes that you removed? What did you implement that you know, yeah.
2: created this efficiency. Well, I'll tell you a big one uh, that yeah. happened yeah. last year. We changed our point of sale system. Mm huge in retail to change your point-of-sale system. Yeah. Okay. So we were, I mentioned we were closed. The government shut us down uncontrollably. Like we, we didn't have a choice. The government says you're closed for four months. So we were closed. So what are we going to do? Well, now's the time. We've been thinking about changing our process, which is our point-of-sale system because there was a bunch of duplication work between the system that we were using and Shopify, which was our web platform and all the sort of stuff. So we decided then and there, we're going to cut this and get it done. So we sat down And well, I didn't actually, somebody on my team did, and really just nailed this and got through it all. So now at the end of that process, for example, this is just one. I mean, there's all sorts of examples, but... Now, when we were on one platform, which is Shopify, both point of sale and web store, we don't have to double do anything. It's all of our metrics are in one spot. We don't have to go to one source and the other source. It's all automated, including some of like our Google Analytics and, and our posting. It links to our email system so that we are marketing Process has really improved. It's really chopped down so much extra work over this past year, but it was a big job. And process usually is. It usually involves a lot of upfront work and labeling and writing and thinking and all this other stuff. But once it happens, then it just happens like clockwork. And it's just like, boom 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 and the decisions like i said are made easy and they're made forever until it needs to be changed it just keeps ticking right so from that perspective whether it's an operational procedure you know like like changing your point of sale system whether it's a human resource procedure like how you hire you know like laying out the different structures of the questions you ask compared to when they come in and your interview styles and then how you fire or how you acknowledge or how you sit down. I mean, there's just processes in every area of your business. And most often, what I find, at least with small business, most of the processes are here. For those of you watching, if anybody's watching, they're in your head. And that's not the place they need to be. Right. They need to be written down and understood and communicated by everybody in the organization so that there's ultimate clarity because it all starts with clarity.
1: Now, you mentioned you have a framework and part of your framework includes processes. Could you kind of take us through? I think there's five P's. Mm. Walk us through what that five P's are and why they matter.
2: Yeah. So I'll give it to you quickly just in the five P's. Uh, So I call it turning frustrations into freedoms. And if you're frustrated, here's what you're usually... There's usually misalignment around these five P's. And the first one starts with your promise. The next one is the product. The next one is the process, which we were just chatting about. And one that often flares up is the people. And then the last one is profit. So you know we can go into depth on any of those. Uh, we've already touched on process a little bit, but you know why do we start with? Because. It was four P's, like we were saying before we hopped on air, and now it's five P's. And I've added this one starting with the promise because all of those things tie back to the promise. And I was always talking about the promise, you know, tying these all back to the promise. So we start with the promise. What is the promise and why does that promise matter? And if you look at a promise and how to develop your promise, it's pretty simple. What's the problem that your customer is feeling or facing? what's your unique solution that's going to satisfy that problem? And what does their life look like afterwards? So what's their problem? How do you solve it? And what does their life look afterwards? And if your product, you taking your product, whatever that is, doesn't align to that, it doesn't work. If the process doesn't deliver that, doesn't work. And then we talk about the people and the people's often this, the, the one, like I said, that keeps entrepreneurs up at night. Okay. And the people can be, I separate it in three different parts. One, your ideal client. Two, your perfect team member. And three, any of the other outsourced suppliers that help you deliver your promise. So it could be wholesalers if you're in retail, or it could be um, a virtual VAs or virtual, you know, people that are doing jobs for you and, and different things like that. Anybody else who's sort of in that sphere of influence of delivering your promise with your customers, right? And so any of those can have issues around them, and there's process that we need to put in place around our people so that we're always attracting the best of each of those three areas and repelling the worst.
0: If you're a business owner feeling stuck in your business, overwhelmed, responsible for everything that happens, and working long hours, Tyler helps his clients develop processes, hire high-performing team members, and better understand their financial metrics and numbers to allow for a more predictable, less hands-on business. To schedule a free, no-pressure consultation, head to thinktyler.com and click the meeting button. Tyler would love to see if he can help you work on your business, not in your business. Schedule a consultation today at thinktyler.com. Think life, think success, think business. Any of those
2: can have issues around them and there's process that we need to put in place around our people so that we're always attracting the best of each of those three areas and repelling the worst. Right. Now, Pete, I want you to continue
1: on the piece. But before you do, you, you made a comment about it often keeps people, often keeps owners up at night. Do you elaborate on that? Why is that?
2: I think there's more gray area around people than there is around process. You know, process, it's like, oh, that isn't working. Okay, well, we just need to pull this lever and change that lever. With yep. people, it's just not that easy. There's conversation, there's you know, feelings, there's a variety of different things that are uniquely personal. And from that perspective, it becomes, let's call it more physically and mentally draining to have conversations, what I call crucial conversations with these key people, especially when you know change needs to happen. And often change needs to happen. If you don't have alignment with your promise and your product and your process, the next step is the people, right? So it's like, we got to figure this out because it's not working and we're not getting our profit. And the only way to get freedom is to get more profit so you can buy yourself some freedom. Right. What do you think, what do you see in this
1: chain of things, what do business owners struggle with most? Is there a most? Is it is it delivering on the promises? Is it understanding the promises of people? Is it all of the above? I'm I'm curious what you see within your own client base.
2: Yeah, it's unique to the person. And really, that's on a discovery call, that's kind of what I go through to find out what what are the sore points uh along the way so that we can tackle. You know, one or two or three of these areas and start putting in some issues and start, you know, talking and strategizing around how we need to make change in order to give you your freedom. Cause that's what every entrepreneur wants. We you know we get into our business and, you know, I, I say it like this you own your business, it shouldn't own you. And if you're feeling like your business is owning you and you're not owning the business and having the control of the business to give you back the life that you want, then you're probably suffering in one of these areas and there's some work to do and you know what that's okay we all have work to do in our business i have work to do on mine too right that's like right, we right. all do we're always working on it but at least you got to acknowledge it and start making the progress right that's good stuff
1: so in the profit area what do you often see with clients uh, around profit is it is it a pricing issue is it a volume of sales issue is it managing the cost side do you get into that granular of a level and what do you typically see if you do it depends
2: on the, you know, are you a retailer or are you a service provider? Uh, again, you kind of work into these different things. And I work with a variety of different people. I mean, I, I work with lawyers and I work with insurance agents, but I work with retailers too. And I work with service providers because I've had such a vast background of of businesses that I own. I can speak to a lot of that sort of stuff. So, you know, it really depends. And, and I got to tell you, from the startup phase is also very different than you know these other phases so at the startup phase there really is no profit right and so right. we're trying to build these other ones and you know most of the clients that i work with or a lot of the clients that i work with the profit is already there what they want is more of their time back they want their, their they want their life back They've already kind of been in a position where, you know, they're in business five years, 10 years, and they're, and they're saying, What just happened here? You know, I've been working 60, 70 hours a week and this doesn't seem to be stopping. I'm not living the life that I want. I'm not even sure I want to be in business that this is going to be the way. You know, we're doing okay financially, but there's more to life than just working, right? So let's take down this this frustration and create some freedom. So from that side of things, a lot of what we do is there. And then on the startup phase, we're working through these other ones in order to get to the profit. So can we work? Can we delve down into the financials? Absolutely. Uh, I'm good with that sort of stuff. And I do do that with certain clients. So if that's what their frustration is. But other other clients that's not their frustration their frustration is I want to have my life back right and or I want to have you know whatever they want is, is uniquely theirs and and that's okay right? right what are like outside of freedom what do you
1: see as a typical business owner that comes to you it, and when you say freedom do they articulate it that way're like hey I just want freedom or is it more like, I'm just working 80 hours a week. I'm overwhelmed. Yep. How does it manifest itself? I mean, yeah. I'm wondering
2: if you see a common theme or of how they articulate it to you. Yeah. And a lot of it's time. Yeah. Okay. I want the control of my own time. Right. Got and it. a lot of it is time. And there's a few other ones too. I want my relationships back, both personally and professionally. I want to actually be with who I want to be with, not who I have to be with. You know? So... Again, I call it love it or leave it. From uh, I have another framework around, you know, I'll, obviously we've been chatting. I have a lot of frameworks for coaching and stuff like that. But this one framework is called love it or leave it. And this idea of working in the areas that you truly love to do. And I can say I'm happy to be working in my love it zone. I live this sort of stuff, all of my tools, all the different things. I mean, I'm a business owner, so I try them myself. When I look at this idea of turning your frustrations to freedoms. What I want to do is be having these conversations with guys like you, Tyler, so that we can help other entrepreneurs grow and do well and all this. like That gives me energy and excitement. And the more I can do this as part of my career... I I get pumped about that stuff. I don't, it doesn't drain me down like I've had a little like draining day. It actually brings me up in energy and brings me up in excitement. And I'm like, man, I just had this awesome conversation with this awesome entrepreneur or this awesome podcaster. And you know what? It was like really cool. So I'm structuring my business so that I can actually do more of that and less of the stuff I don't want to do, which is what I call the leave it zone, right? And so I'm elevating and delegating out of all of that stuff. So for example, I just told, my team at the stores the other day that I am going to take off and I'm going to go away for the month of March because we haven't had a vacation in two years and and I want to go away. So I said to my team on, on our weekly meeting on Wednesday morning, I said, by the way, I'm going to take off for a month. And they're like, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, I've worked my way out of a business, out of a job in that business. Yeah. And will I, will I hop in? Yeah, I'll, I'll still show up for my weekly meetings. We'll do them on zoom and, and uh, you know, I'll be involved when I need to be involved, but I'm going to do it from Florida instead of from here in Ontario. So I can enjoy a little bit of warmth Yeah. and, you know, I've set my business up because that's one of the freedoms that I would like. Right. So it does it, can you do it tomorrow? No, it takes some time. Like These things take time to do and and, and that's okay. But you have to start somewhere, right? And you start by looking at these P's. I love what you just
1: said. And this is a little bit maybe uh, controversial. Do you feel there's a little bit of hype and oversimplification of systematizing, getting the owner out of the business? A lot of marketing things I hear, and this is where I'm going, and maybe you haven't heard this and feel free to go in a different direction. I hear this they make it sound like, you know, you're going to walk in today and tomorrow you're going to be free and you're going to be making your seven figures and, and, and never, you know, you'll be on an Island and you'll be checked out. Do you see some of that marketing? And and, and do you think it's a little bit oversimplified? Because I love the way you were real. You said it takes
2: time. It's not an overnight thing. I'm not living on an Island. I don't, I don't own my own (laughs) private jet, you know, and, and I've been an entrepreneur all my life. So I I told you, I just had a major setback a few years ago. I mean, if you lose a lot of money, it takes a while to build that back up again. It's true. You know, you need resiliency to stay at it and keep at it and all this other stuff. And you know what? The ups and downs of entrepreneurship aren't for everyone. And that's why everyone isn't an entrepreneur and that's okay too you know if, if it's not for you if you don't like the risks and rewards that go around with it you know everybody says it's, it's so interesting you know everybody's like, oh well, you're an entrepreneur you can drive a Lamborghini and have all this kind of stuff and and it's like, yeah okay well for most entrepreneurs, it's like, I'm the first one to work, the last one to leave. I'm working six days a week. And even on my day that I'm not working, I'm thinking about work, all this other stuff. And that's that's what I'm saying. When people are tired and sick and tired of doing that, then and they're actually ready for a change, then that's usually when we get into having a chat. And it's like, okay, let's let's start making some change here. It's like, what do you want out of your life? And let's get the business structured so that we can make that happen. And yeah, it does take some time. and it, And it depends on the complexity of the business.
1: Right. That's what I love though. And and I'm sure you're an excellent coach and an excellent guide just because you're actually in the trenches. Like everything you say there almost gives me goosebumps because it's just the reality of building a business. And it's being in the trenches allows you to identify with your client of what they're going through. You know, I just see a lot of times I see these these ads, and it's like, you know, 90 days from now, you're gonna 2x your business and um, you know, you're gonna be on an island with your Lamborghini or whatever. I'm yeah, making yeah. this up, but it's to that type of thing. And I feel bad because I'm like, you know that's not true mr and mrs business owner it does, it takes time like you can get there I don't know if you can get to the island but but you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll you can can. be very successful have a lot of free time if you set it the plan in motion and execute on it but it does take time so I love hearing you say that
2: you know it's just and I'm not saying you can't do that right you know right. there's obviously people that have done that so you know it is possible right. what I'm saying is that you know, for me it it hasn't happened yet. I hope maybe someday it will, but I, I'm a little more realistic about where I'm at, what my business is currently doing. And yeah, do I want to grow? I absolutely want to grow in everything that I do. I've got a long future ahead of me uh, doing the stuff that, you know, I don't, I have no intention on retiring, but I just, I look at retirement as saying, okay, well, I see this portion of my life, um, you know, as being a coach and a speaker and all that sort of stuff, writing books and things like that as part of my retirement package, right? It's like, because I love to do it. So why would I want to stop that? It's no benefit to me to retire if this is what I actually want to do. So that I can sit around and watch some TV and go golfing occasionally and you know do whatever else. It's like hmm, I can still do that and do what I do. So that's the kind of thing that when I look at my 25 year future and we shared, I shared a little bit a while ago. I have this planner that I use, and from that planner, it's like I just I know what I'm going for, and I have these visions, and I'm trying to set everything else up so that over that period of time, it'll deliver it to me.
1: Yeah. Love that. Hey, I got a question for you. In In terms of uh, a business tip or a life tip, is there something you can give to us that you, we could apply today? Uh, some some words of wisdom or tip that you can give us? Yeah, I know. I think
2: the big one here, because we're kind of ending on this idea of, of what your goals are in planning. Um, you know, if you don't use a planner now, uh, if you haven't given some thought to what you want out of your 25-year future, the next 25 years, I encourage you now to really sit down and think about a few things around the bu- what I call the buckets of life. And the buckets of life are this. What do you want out of your health? Because if you don't have your health, you have nothing, right? So if somebody who's sick and dying only wants one thing, to feel healthy again, right? So you need your mental health, you need your physical health to carry on your business and make it prosperous, right? So what do you want out of your wealth? Like reality, don't just, don't just throw something out there. Let's You can throw something out there too, but be realistic about what you think you need and want out of your wealth for, for the next 25 years and from then on. What do you want out of your relationships? Both personal, which a lot of times get left behind when we're in the growth stage and all this other stuff of business, and business. Who do you want to work with? Who do you want to be with? What do you want for growth outside of business? What, what are your hobbies? Do you have any hobbies? A lot of entrepreneurs get stuck with not having any hobbies. You know, what do you want to do with your leisure time? And think about this stuff and actually spend an hour writing the stuff down. Take a sheet of paper for each of them, write them down and just sort of jot note this stuff because it'll give you clarity about what you want out of your life. And when you have clarity about what you want out of your life, then you can take that back into your business and say, well, if I want this and I want to be home for supper at six o'clock every night, then I'm going to have to start you know, moving some stuff around so that I can do that. Or if I want to take a month off, then I have to move some stuff around so that I can do that, you know, and all these different things. But without that, life just goes on. Business just goes on. So the owner needs to have that clarity in order to make the adjustments within the business to deliver it back.
1: Yeah, that's 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 powerful stuff. Love it. Hey, by the way, you are just great with names. I'm about to share your website, and even your website name is awesome. So yes. your your main website is simplifying entrepreneurship.com I That's love that if that doesn't yeah. say what you do I don't know what does simplifying entrepreneurship.com you had mentioned an assessment where the people could take if they wanted to where would they go to uh, do that
2: go to the same site it's really just that easy and in, in the upper right hand corner and actually throughout the website you'll find it there's buttons that say take the assessment and the assessment really is uh, it's a business made simple tool I'm a certified business made simple coach and it's just a wonderful tool and what it does is takes you about 12 minutes to accomplish uh the multiple choice questions I don't know there's about 50 or so there but it really packs you back between a 50 to 60 page document, depending on how you answer the questions, on what you're really doing well and what you need to work on, and it kind of green lights them and red lights them. Uh, it puts it in the framework of an airplane, which is really cool. You know, the cockpit is the ex, is your leadership, and the wings are the sales and the marketing. So, you know, all of this idea it kind of frameworks it out for you and tells you some of the areas that you know you're killing and doing really, really well. And it also says, you might want to look at this and you might want to look at that. So it's a really good assessment for anybody who's in business these days.
1: That sounds really cool. So once again, guys, simplifyingentrepreneurship.com. Pete, love speaking with you. I I know you've got a book in the works. I do. I'd love to have you come back when when it's live and and we could talk about it and share some more of your philosophies and uh, just have a good
2: discussion again. I'd love that. That'd be awesome. Thanks so much for having me here today, Tyler. Okay, man.
1: Take
0: care. That's all for this episode of Think Business with Tyler. But we have plenty more resources to help you in your pursuit of business excellence on our website at thinktyler.com. If you'd like to be featured in a future episode of the show, feel free to reach out to us on social media at think underscore Tyler. We look forward to helping you think life, think success, and think business.